Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash speaking of partnership. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get yours today. I'm thrilled to bring you today's featured guest, Daniel Eisenman. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, no, this is going to be great. And for anybody listening that may not know Daniel, let me just kind of give you a little background. Daniel graduated pre-med from Emory University with a BS, key acronym, in biology. <laughs> and he even took an MCAT about 10 years ago. But before applying to medical school to stay with you know the path of the normal, uh, as people had advised him, he, he decided to take a year off. And that year has now turned into a decade of breaking normal. Now, Daniel had a dream to get paid to do the things that that he would normally pay to do. And today, that's actually his reality. He travels the world as a keynote speaker and a facilitator of radical retreats and workshops based on the principles of raw honesty and emotional freedom. Now, after traveling the world for the last decade while getting to interview and interact with many modern-day superheroes, Daniel is now encouraging others to pursue their own passion and showing that it is actually more beneficial to the world than the old outdated paradigm of, of wage-slave culture. Daniel reflects his, his realization through a process of self-acceptance, through self-expression, by showing people how to lose their minds in order to connect to their hearts, while truly living inside out from one's fun comfort zone. Now, when he's not gall gallivanting the globe with his princess-slash-wife, he loves immersing himself deep in nature, including surfing, polar plunging, hot springing, and, and surrounding himself with the most epic friends in the world to remind him that the creator's fingers, or fingerprint is in everything and everyone. Daniel, take a quick minute and, and fill in any blanks if there are with the intro, and then give us a little glimpse into your personal life, if you would. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, I'm sure there are plenty of blanks, and I'm blessed to uh, say that Especially as of late, uh, time and space seem to be a bit less real than they were in the past, which I think is a great indication that one is on a, um, a higher path or a, an improved path of where they were before. It's like the uh, being in the state. It's an indication that we're in the state of evolution, in my opinion. So I'm sure there's plenty of gaps, um, but I'll, I'll honor them and leave them blank and. I really appreciate how you were able to read and understand my bio in such a charismatic way. So thank you for the introduction. Oh, you're very and welcome. So I'm on a book tour right now, uh, doing half-day workshops to where we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go up to Maine and co-create an online course based on these exercises. 
and where I uh, keep continues making stops from Maine to Canada, the west coast of Canada, uh, British Columbia, to do um, an international tribe design, which is a company that I co-founded with uh, a friend of mine that was in a mastermind group I ran where we build tribes around the world. And that'll be our third one. We did one recently in Kauai and the one um, after that in Byron Bay, Australia. And it, it, we just show how to not only uh, gather leaders from around the world who are um, experts at making their gifts super valuable and giving them to as many people as possible, but we're going to show how um, that even though they come from different niches, maybe we'll have a leader in the fitness industry or a leader in the entrepreneur industry or a leader in the spiritual industry or the leader in the comedy industry. Uh, we want to show how um, to evolve beyond agreement-based connections. So we figured if we started with the leaders of all these different subcultures to show them that just because they might not agree uh, with someone about maybe God or maybe about the best way to live, but that they can still find a way to connect beyond. And that, and that disagreement can actually be what catalyzes a much deeper relationship. So right. yeah, I'm on that tour right now and that's uh, it, it stops there for the North America. And then I fly over to Croatia to do a, an, actually a conscious cruise and a private yacht where um, we're doing the same idea for an, a company called heaven to earth. So it's a pretty, uh, this is about the most planned out I've had um, probably four or five months of my life in a long time. I, I, I used to not plan this far ahead, and I know that sounds crazy. Like planning five months ahead is a long, uh, 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 very advanced. And, and actually compared to um, yeah, the past few years for me, that is fairly uh, planning. So this is an interest. You caught me at an interesting time, and I'm happy to be able to make time to make this call with you because I was excited to do it after JP told me about y'all's podcast. Thank you. No, it's great to have you. And, and you know, uh, one of the things that this may actually touch on what you're talking about as far as, you know, this is the first time in a long time that you've really been planned out this way. One of the things that I've found is, is helpful in, in, you know, our partnerships and relationships is kind of having a, a guiding principle or a touchstone that we can always come back to when we get off in the weeds a little bit. And I'm wondering, what do you use to do that to kind of keep you centered around partnership? Oh, um, man, authenticity, like, integrity I, I don't know how many different ways you want to describe this being radically or rawfully honest um, I do think that the found the one of the best foundations for um, authentic communication and which I believe will be integral to any relationship or real relationship as I like to call them um, is that you're a, that I want to check myself and be able to make sure that there I have no secrets um, mm. to this person. I like to talk about all the things that people typically avoid um, because I've found out that it's really maybe one of the most personal and uh, experiences I've ever had and it's the, maybe like the fastest way for me to connect to someone where we can let go of playing any roles or acting in a certain way um, different than we feel and really just to make sure it's almost like a confession, like a continuous confession. I think that's very foundational for a real relationship because when you have nothing to hide, then I think that you're, you're free of kinks of um, creativity. I think a lot of people may be leaking their creative energy by um, playing roles in different settings rather than just letting what come up uh, come out or come through them. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, 
Let me ask you this, because one of the things that our, our listeners love about the show is the stories that our guests share. And, and I'd love to dive in right now. Well, let's actually start here. Let's start at a, a time in your life when uh, you, you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And, and tell us that story. You know, what were you doing? How did you trip up? Maybe what did you trip on? And then what did you learn from that that helped you move forward? Man, that's a good question. So, um Tripping up. I definitely when I when I hear tripping up, I, I probably mean that I ran into more resistance or perceived resistance or more challenges or growth opportunities than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and just recently, I did a mastermind group called Ten All In. I haven't really talked too much about this because it's still not over. But it was a group of ten people that the idea was to invest in themselves through this process as they've dreamt others to invest in themselves. And then to make our gifts and each other's gifts. The idea was almost like a spiritual foundation that if we can give our gift of presence to each member of the group, that our output and our success will be multiplied by 10 uh, just by that alone. So like a real experiment with not only the idea of masterminding, but synergy and faith, like walking by a lot of faith. And I would say um, pretty fast off the bat, uh, they were dropping off one after another. And I, um, it took me a while to uh, even consider this, but I had so many people that almost tell me over and over that I have a gift of leadership. And um, I believe that you know, le- great leaders make other great leaders. They, they don't make a lot of followers. They um, are able to catalyze other people in becoming leaders. And the great leaders also realize that the group of people that they're leading is indicative of themselves. And that, you know, it's the idea of like how you do some things or how you do everything. And if you're going to be leading a group of people, then those, everything that you experience with that group of people might be a direct reflection of you. And I don't want to take that as a 100% rule, but I will say that, um, for whatever reason, and maybe it was because my uh, potential lack of structure, which I think really serves to catalyze my faith. I'm, I like really in the past, I've really ridden by the seat of my pants, and I have this. I've held this belief for the longest time that the best plans are unplanned, and when I let things work out, if I let them work out, they'll work out really well. However, I'm not, uh, when when for the group of ten all in, um, there were a lot of people that just either kind of bailed out. Um, and I, I believe when we're at, um, when we're basically head on with a growth opportunity, maybe some people would call it a problem. I uh, tend to not believe in problems. I think the biggest problem for a lot of people are believing that they have a problem. And if you have a problem, you are the problem. So I uh, ran into, for whatever reason, a lot of these people, I would imagine instead of being free with me, they did, uh, they did a bit of flighting, fighting, freezing, or facading. And people just hit like stumbling blocks, and they, a lot of them backed out of the program. And uh, what, I did for, what I did with it is what I'm continuously doing now is just like reflecting on that and like seeing what is this showing me? Like how did these people reflect something that maybe in a way that I'm approaching my career or approaching my business or my relationships? Um, why did this happen? And, and, and give me an opportunity to be really connected with them and learn from it. So um, the, in a way, those, a lot of those pro- partnerships ended. However, 
the international tribe design was part of that mastermind group and is not only continuing, but continuing super strong. And my uh, book is, I have a not so ghost writer who's part of the group. I call him a not so ghost writer because we let the, let everyone know that um, I'm actually not the one writing the book, but I'm sending audio recordings and we are having lots of interviews and he's actually writing it. And a, a big part of it, the beginning is a confession. So I confess that I'm not writing it and I have a ghostwriter, but he's really not so ghostwriter. So anyway, it's like a bit of a mind trip. So those two partnerships were great. And in reality, two out of 10 were sustained to this point. And, I don't know if that means that there's something that I like. I have a lot to learn, and or is that is that just the percentage of people that actually stick with following their goals? Is it about twenty percent of people? So I'm questioning that myself. So I appreciate you asking, and that was a very long-winded potential answer <laughs> to your question. You know, it's it's an interesting question. You know, how many people stick to their goals? And I know I I heard once they said you know when people go to like a weekend workshop or a retreat, and they're like, oh, I'm going to do this in the next 90 days. Less than 5% of them actually do. And it's kind of amazing because you're like, wow, really? They, everybody seems so energized and into this, but we have so many pressures from the outside that, that you know, kind of suck us back to the status quo. And sometimes if it's just you out there, it can be really hard. So it was kind of cool to hear about, you know, this mastermind and it worked for some people and other people are like, I'm out of here. This doesn't work. So we got to find our own place in that. Yeah, it was a it's a year long um it was a year long group and it's coming to an end here. We're about in our last month, I believe. And um yeah, it's I mean, it depends on who you're talking to, but I've heard if you if you've ever read the book uh, Outwitting the Devil mm-hmm. by Napoleon Hill, uh it's, they make a pretty strong point for the idea that uh 2% are of people are willing to be aware and conscious of what's yeah. going on of their full potential and that was um I, if that's true at all i i would like to improve those statistics and if that means me being extra authentic then that's what i'm gonna do nice nice well i'd love to kind of turn things around here and switch switch gears if you will and, and ask you to share a story with us daniel that a, a time that I call it like a proudest moment in partnership, and it could be business, it could be family, it could be romantic, it, it, wherever it shows up for you. But what I'm curious about is what's one of those times where you think back on that moment, or maybe it's a present time moment, and you just, I mean, like you can't help but smile. It just makes you so excited. You're so proud of it. Yeah, I would say that um, because I brought it up earlier, I, I could think of a lot of those moments, and as there, I'm almost getting a bit like giggly thinking about them. But um, well, one thing I, first, uh, I'll, I'll tell how I got married. Um, I was dating a girl that came on our retreat in New York, and uh, she was from Denmark, and we were traveling around. I I had this crazy thought that like instead of ever going on dates, like typical dates with someone, I would just go on road trips. So we spent a month in Peru together, and it's surely enough, I real I um, realized I was in love with this girl. She's standing behind me now. <laughs> and um, I was just really shocking because I just never anticipated this. But I did have a belief that best plans are unplanned. And, you know, when things work out, when you let them work out, they do. And um, sure enough, it came to a point where, like, we couldn't just keep traveling to extend her visa. So I, I realized at that moment, like, man, I want to marry this girl. So I, uh, I probably had a half a day 
decision. Like I didn't really plan out any proposal. Um, it was just the next day I did it. And then the next day we got married and, uh, we've been together about, I guess, is it three and a half years now, Deanna? Yeah. Three and a half years. And it's been the best three and a half years of my life. Uh, it seems like I've learned so much through this process and, uh, it actually, I proposed to her on April Fool's day and then got married the next day. And a lot of my friends thought I was joking. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't even think that they believed me. And uh, it's just been like this fairy tale type of relationship. And I think that was a proud, like a, a moment of like being stoked for the, by, the idea of walking by faith. And, it's, and it continues to be that. Nice. Yeah, that's a great, great example. <laughs> yeah. And then the, recent, the first time we did the international tribe design, that was just crazy because it was my friend, his name's Frank J. And um, this was like more business success kind of oriented. Uh-huh. And it was part of the mastermind where I was like, my taste, my, my faith was being so tested. I, was, I just kind of believe how I put so much effort and uh, myself into a program and people were just like, not all of a sudden not in contact with me. And I uh, bet, you know, that I, it was just like a really trying time. However, my friend Frank J, we were still all in, 10 all in. We were all 10 all in. And we decided to do this, the first international tribe design about a, and announce it a month before um, it happened. And we decided to do it in a, a, a place in Kauai called Makanalani. And sure enough, we got about 90, almost 100 people throughout the four-day event there. Uh, to participate, and they were some of the hundred most inspirational, like epic, creative, artistic people I had ever met, including um, a hero of mine. In a way, he uh, used to play with Nako Bear and Medicine for the People. His name is Dustin Thomas, and uh, just that, not only and not a JP Sears was there, and that's our mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just so many incredible people, like American Ninja Warriors that I've looked up to. They all showed up. Um, within a month of announcing this event in Kauai, which is you know a rem- one of the most remote places on earth, um, to have this celebration of life and this idea, it just resonated so deeply with so many people. And when Dustin Tom, when we opened the event um, with like 91 people, we usually do our retreats with these things called confession sessions, which I alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. where we talk about all the things we don't want to talk about. But I've only done that for groups of like 20 to 30 people the, at max, like 26 people before that was probably max. And there was 91, I think 91 people in this wow. opening circle. And I was like, oh. and Dustin Thomas started opening a song, like one of my favorite songs. And at that moment, I was just, it was like, whoa, this is, because I was working, I mean, in a way, work, I don't like to call it working, but I was all in on this for about a month straight and quiet. And at that moment, when all those uh, rewards paid off, the, the results that I had in that moment, it was just surreal. And the, the property that we did it, uh, everything was just amazing. And that was a recent time. So yeah, those are two cool. things that popped into my mind when you asked me that. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> well, We've actually gotten a part of the show here, Daniel, where I call it Bring It All Home. And this is where we step away from the stories. And I actually ask you to, to provide some, some concrete, simple guidance for our listeners so they can you know, take it and apply it directly in their relationships right away. And where I'd like to start is I'm, I'm curious what you would say is, is really the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received. Hmm. That's a good question. The best, the best. I do think that foundation of 
confession is a key component to my most enriching relationships. Um, the idea that not only to have it one clean slate from the beginning, like really being fully known, and I'm I'm speaking fully known, like any thought that you really wouldn't want to share that, or that anything you've never told anyone, to uh, make the agreement to share those with each other right off the bat, uh, to keep it confidential within this relationship unless they were given permission to do that, to make sure we stick with each other through these expressions. So are you? am I willing to hear something that I could get very triggered by? Am I going to stick with this person or am I going to walk away? Or am I going to say, you know, F you and that's it. Um, but to make the agreement to stay, stay with each other as we're in this vulnerable state as an experiment to enrich our relationship I really that that and and with a, if that mixed with the foundation of um, unconditional love in the sense of living life in the context of death. So this is not all about just going to crap on someone and telling them how all the bad things you think, mm-hmm. but you're speaking to them in the sense that I'm confessing everything I don't want you to know, or I would be scared to admit um, in the context that I or you could be gone tomorrow. You who knows what could happen tomorrow. So I want to make sure I'm expressing not only the truth, but in an unconditional, loving way. And I think that continuous like check-in of making sure you're fully confessed within each with each other is one of the best uh, relationship advices I have been given or could give. Yeah, that that sounds incredibly powerful. Thank you for that. So, Dan, I'm I'm I think it's pretty clear that you're probably a pretty well-read guy, and I'm wondering what what would you recommend as far as like a book or a resource around this topic of partnership and relationships. So a lot of the, uh, I was definitely very inspired by uh, Radical Honesty by mm-hmm. Brad Blanton. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, and I have I've lately oddly enough I haven't read many books, but I listen to them a lot on audio, especially sure. with all the traveling, and I love getting massages and listening to audiobooks. Um, but I've been listening to Conversations with God. I just finished that one up mm-hmm. Neil Don- from Neil Donald Walsh, and their uh, segment on relationships. I mean. This could sound extremely narcissistic, but the relationship that allegedly God gave Neil Donald Walsh in that uh, dialogue was like some, in my opinion, some of the best relationship advice I've ever heard in the sense that like when you commit to a relationship, it's not just about what you can get uh, get out of it, but it's what can you put into it. Yeah. What can you grow? Like when I think a lot of people lose that context, they like this we're in this committed relationship because I want to see how much I can give get by giving. Like I'm fully here to give. I'm like committing my support to you and we're teaming up. We're teaming up fully to maybe remind us that we're all on a team, whether we know it or not, but it's, you're fully committing with this person. And, um, those two books came up to mind. I, I mean, there's also, I think there's so many books on this topic. It's more of a matter when someone's, uh, in my opinion, really ready to take full responsibility that um, the, the idea that if they have a problem, that they're the problem. Rather, mm-hmm. it's, it's, so there's a lot of people, in my opinion, and maybe it's the 98% that Napoleon Hill talks about in Outwitting the Devil that are a bit in like that victim slash blame game and that blame game slash like blaming someone else for how you feel. I honestly, unless someone drugs you or physically does something to you, I don't think they're capable of making you feel anything. 
that's completely up to your perception and mm-hmm. how you experience them. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, some people, oh, man, it's crazy, but some people are like, they survived the Holocaust. We're willing, we're will like, we're willing to move beyond that and forgive what happened to them and not only be in a, and I say this because my grandparents survived the Holocaust, that even if they were to die in that experience, that are they going to blame other people for what they're feeling? And that's a, it's a huge convicting responsibility, especially when there are stories like that, when there are stories of trauma. However, I still, I still believe, and I believe it's like what, um, if we're going to like take Jesus on the cross, like approving of his murderers as they crucified him, I think that's the ultimate act of responsibility and unconditional love is to approve the people that are crucifying you, whether that's literally or metaphorically, you're approving of their role in your life because this is the, you, 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 ultimate freedom that we have is our way we perceive reality. And if we give that away, then we then we are victims. But I think that, that every book, every self development book, is saying that in different words. Yeah, and um, it's just a matter of when someone's willing to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, exactly. And that's, I mean, like you said, there, there, there's very similar messages in so many different ways, and it's just a matter of which one resonates for you, where you can hear it and go, oh. And you know that one clicks, and suddenly that's the book that makes a difference. When it's there, there are similar messages. There's kind of a root foundational message across everything, which is you know we're the creators of our lives. This is it. This yep. is it. We're yep. in the driver's seat. We're writing the script of our movie. We're writing the dialogue of our book. I, I, yeah. This is fun. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, Daniel. I, I'd love. If you would leave our listeners with a, a, an example of, I call it the payoff of partnership. So what I mean by that is, you know, a specific example of something that you were either able to do or create or experience that was solely the result of being in partnership and would not have happened on your own. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, I'm not sure this is like a cliche answer or anything, but I think uh, everything I've ever done. Um, I don't, when someone even attends a retreat or say reads the book or listens to this podcast or watches one of our YouTube videos or something I've done that we're in partnership and um, that they are in a way they're celebrating, they're celebrating my gift and I'm celebrating them for being able to celebrate my gift. I, I have this belief that I was feeling really convicted by the other evening that to the degree that we can celebrate others success is to the degree that we celebrate success. And um, actually, and you mentioned earlier in the podcast that about going to Emory University, there was that book movie, Into the Wind, based on the guy, Alex Supertramp, who went on this long, epic voyage um, to where he actually ended up losing his earthly life here um, and basically search a truth and search of true fulfillment outside what someone describes as the matrix. And he um, found himself, like, when, what I got out of it anyways, was uh, that the idea that ha- he wrote down that happiness is only real when it's shared. And I do think, and I'm not saying that um, that's a 100% rule once again, but I think there is a really resounding truth in that, that there's... It's essential for us to uh, share 
our lives with each other, that we are social creatures. Yeah. That, um, so I, I feel like anything I've ever done was that I really was stoked on was either, and then you can look at that even like with me and God or me and the creator or me and the infinite amount of parts of my own self that I feel like I'm always in a partnership. And that's, I feel like it's in like my nature. I can't even remove the bias. It's, it feels implanted in my DNA to be connected and to realize that how much that we are all on the same team, whether we know it or not. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a great observation. Well, Daniel, I, I'm, I'm recognizing that, you know, clearly there's a lot more you have to share than what we can fit into this podcast. I'm wondering if you would let our listeners know, how do they get a hold of you? How do they contact you and find out more about what you do? I think the best place right now is um, my wife actually created a website recently called breakingnormal.tv. And it's basically a hub for a lot of the information that tells about the tour that I'm on, the book. It gives links to all my social media sites where recently I've been answering a qu- um, questions on my Facebook page. And a lot of those have gotten a lot of fun responses Um a lot of mixed responses, which I think is a great uh, indication. I don't like. I don't, for instance, I don't think the 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 opposite of love is hate, but I do. I've heard the idea that it's maybe more closer to indifference. Mm-hmm. And there's there's definitely not much indifference going on in some of the videos I've been uploading um, when people are asking me controversial questions. So um, yeah, I would just check out breakingnormal.tv, and there's a link to all those different avenues to how you might. We might experience each other. Perfect, perfect. Thank you. Well, I got to say, Daniel, your, your your stories and everything you shared today has really been insightful and, and really incredible. I, I I'm going to be chewing on this one for a while. I know that. Uh, I'm sure our listeners are getting, sitting there going, "Wow, I got to listen to this a couple times." But it's really, really been rich. And, and I just want to thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.